After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Joe Rice, President and CEO of Mid-Pacific Institute, a college preparatory school. He has received the Golden Apple Award for Education Excellence, Excellence in Education Administration Award, and the National Golden Acorn Award in 1990s. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Joe Rice. Welcome to our show, Joe. Hi. So how did you get into the education field? You've been in there for about 35 years, right? Yeah, 35 years now. Uh, seems like a long time. Should retire. Um, I just fell into it, really. I was going to be a social worker and uh, came down to my senior year and I was applying to the School of Social Work and found out that my foreign language wasn't good enough to get in. And all of a sudden I started thinking about what could I do? And the counselors asked me about um, why, why did I want to go into social work? And I said, I want to give back. I, I have to do something uh, to kind of give back for all the people to help me in life. And social work was a good avenue. And they said, well, there's a whole bunch of other things you could consider. And one of them was education, uh, which was my first thought, senior year of college, education. So if we go a little bit farther back from that, can we talk a little bit about maybe some of the, the background things that made you want to go into social work or education? Mm -hmm. Why would you want to go into something like that? Um, well, um, looking back on life, I think that uh, a lot of people would say my life growing up was a little different than uh, many uh, children. I'm the oldest of 12, a uh, migrant family. Uh, we basically worked crops uh, from the time I was about three years old till started my sophomore year in high school. And we basically went from uh, lower part of California up to Canada, you know, doing field crops, uh, living in tents, um, uh, just going from job to job to job for many, many years. I think it was probably out of all those years, about two of them that we actually had a house that we rented and lived in. Um, then something would happen and we'd have to move, uh, often in the dead of night, um, and so we, uh, because of you our just life, pick up your household and leave. We had a, uh, uh, Ford station wagon and we basically put our belongings on the lower floor, took out the seats, uh, in the back and loaded up with our stuff, blankets on the top. And then the kids would just kind of lie on the top and we just, uh, go from season to season, uh, farm to farm working, uh, crops. Uh, my, um, Stepfather uh, wasn't always the best of uh, fathers, drank a lot. Uh, later in my life, my mom also drank a lot. Uh, there was a lot of, um, you know, poverty and, um, you know, sorrow in your life. It leads a lot of people to do things that maybe other families wouldn't do. Uh, so we ended up with a lot of abuse in our family, a lot of times of going hungry, uh, no jobs, uh, 
looking for a place to stay or food to eat. And it seemed that there were always uh, groups that would step forward to help us uh, when things were the most uh, desolate. Uh, Salvation Army uh, helped us a lot. It was the first church I ever went to, uh, partly because I felt good about their mission. Uh, Social services, welfare, all of those folks uh, helped us a lot. Um, After uh, really rough times, I think I was in foster care about four times, including my brothers and sisters. Uh, We'd be taken away and put in different homes and things, but cared for. And then return back to our uh, our home, uh, which was a car, and we'd get up and go again. A um, couple times we were collected from our foster families by our dad and mom, uh, you know, called outside and not sure how they found out where we were, and we'd pack up in the car and off we'd go. But we had plenty of help from lots of people, and it would it just stuck in my mind that if I ever had an opportunity, I was going to give back. Can you share a story of maybe somebody that had helped you and and maybe it was a turning point for you? Um, you know, there's so many, uh, as I look back on it, uh, and this is growing up through high school, uh, there's so many things that happened. Um, uh, it's hard to pick just one. I, I know there was a time when, uh, because I worked in the fields, uh, actually went to school in a camp, a tent, that was set up by the uh, Department of Education in the farm, and you would go there and uh, meet people. I remember that when I was very young, uh, too young to start school, they would still let me go in there and sit with the younger group. And so I actually learned to read and and do some of the academic things earlier than a lot of kids did. But the teacher would let me because she knew that back at my little cabin or whatever we were staying at, sometimes a tent, a uh, good chance the parents weren't there, and I was just alone. So I was a three or four year old. So they just let me set in on the on the classes. That was meaningful to me. Um, I remember in high school uh, taking French as my foreign language and starting later than most people do, since I hardly ever went to school. Um, that my French uh, wasn't that good. I practiced the dialogues in my head, but nobody else to speak with. I'd go to class and everyone would get up and do their uh, bonjour Jean, comment va tu uh, speeches, and I couldn't do it. And the teacher uh, actually uh, was from Spain, but she spoke fluent Spanish, Japanese, and was from the area, uh, excuse me, Japanese, Spanish and French, and uh, was from the area between Spain and um, France. Um, and knew about being kind of torn between cultures and a poor life and stuff. So she read a lot of sympathy and empathy for me. So she never asked me to get up and uh, give my dialogues. She would always say, that's okay, Joe. I know that you didn't have time to practice and things. And I got a decent grade. I could see, even though you love them, how can you give them an A or B when they can't do the dialogue? But what happened was, later in college, I took a couple more years of French, and I, again, worked uh, every year of college, a full-time job, and went to school. So I very seldom did all of the work and assignments, but I had a very good uh, memory, and so I do okay on the test. But when it came time to take the French exams, I couldn't do it, and partly because of the leniency 
if you want to call it, or compassion that people showed me on the way, uh, not allowing me to get up and, and embarrass myself in front of others. But because of that decision, I did, couldn't get into school social work. But because of that decision, I was directed towards consideration of education, and it became the, the love and passion of my life. Um, so all because of somebody's uh, compassion and help for me, which could have been looked at negatively or positively, uh, it made a decision. And I have uh, plenty of those. Uh, I have uh, folks in my life that have come forward and uh, taken me away when, when my father was after me for beatings and things and they'd hide me. Uh, how do you ever pay them back when they were risking themselves against my dad because they'd be friends of, uh, of his? Um, all kinds of examples of that, but any one, I would say it's been um, a lifetime of people stepping forward for me and my brothers and sisters. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Joe Rice, President and CEO of Mid-Pacific Institute College Preparatory School. He has received the Golden Apple Award for Educational Excellence, Excellence in Educational Administration Award, and the National Golden Acorn Award in the 1990s. So Joe, because you were moving so much with your family, um, how did you keep a positive outlook in life looking forward what you had in your future actually I didn't have a positive outlook in life I felt um, you know looking back on it uh, I felt bad one thing that kept me going is my mother who um, protected me uh, she took beating so that I didn't have to uh, she hid me when she knew that uh, my dad or was looking for me um, she just cared for me. I would say that, uh, first off, that I'm the only son of the 12. Uh, I have five brothers, six sisters. I'm the only one that's not the full brother. I found out later in life that I had a, another father. and um, But she just she knew that I was always uh, the bunt of his um, drunken tyrides and stuff, you know, it's easy to blame, easy, you're the oldest, why aren't you doing your part, why aren't you this, why aren't you that? So she protected me a lot, I uh, remember that well, I forgot the question, but... Oh, I was just wondering, you know, how, how could you keep a focus on your future? You still went to college, which is um, yes, really great. Yes, again, because people uh, helped me, but there were certain things that happened in my life, uh, a couple key points uh, in time that if you look back, 
I would say that that was the day I made my decision not to be this way. My family would always say I was always different. I didn't react with violence. I didn't go out and do mean things. Some of our family members did do that. Others would uh, steal food for the family. I would go and ask if they would give it to us. Uh, you know, just different ways of going about the same thing. But I think I was always a little different. But I was pretty feeling this was what life was like. I didn't know any others. I didn't have friends that had the other side of the life, you know. Uh, I didn't know any better. Um, you know, our life was make it through the day and uh, mostly hot weather. And, you know, you're either cold, hungry, or uh, just worried about life. And uh, stay away from your dad so you don't get hurt. Uh, get money, get food, get whatever, you know, collect things to get money, to buy bread to, for the brothers and sisters. Uh, all those things, that was kind of the life. And I didn't see anything better uh, for the longest time. Um, just came a point, um, I don't think, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, Evan, um, but... Uh, there was, I ran away from home in my senior year about halfway through, and I had uh, uh, decided that if my dad came back that night after he had beat my mom up real bad, and I had gone in, I was scared to help her, and I had gone in to uh, comfort her as she lay on the floor, and my brothers and sisters were there and um, looking at me, why, why aren't you there helping? You know, why are you hiding in the closet? Um, but he had hurt my one of my twin sisters earlier. I have twins right below me. Um, then hurt my mom real bad. And I made my mind up that he was never going to do that again. So I took a knife to bed and I waited. And when he came back about 3 in the morning, uh, the door was locked. He knocked it off its hinges, uh, came after me, uh, had a... His belt, he used to love to hit us with that belt. And he started swinging at me while I was under the covers. And I just snapped, and I went after him with a knife. Uh, stabbed him many, many times. And never once anywhere that got anything, uh, though he was a bloody mess. And my family ran in and jumped him and said, run, run. I, I ran away that day and uh, uh, hid in the vineyards close to where we lived and for two or three days, and I heard that he had gone out looking for me with a shotgun. Finally, he got enough courage to go and ask for help, and uh, some friends at a local convenience store near our house called uh, Social Services. They came and picked me up, and I was put in foster care. Uh, my family was uh, barred from coming to the school, and I finished high school. I worked in the fields that summer after high school and made money to buy a bus ticket from California to Washington State, and away I went. Didn't come back for about seven years before I saw my family again. But it was a, a decision that I will not allow this anymore. He won't do this anymore, and I'm not going to be a victim anymore. And so that was the first time I really stood up as a, as a, a man and uh, made a decision that, one, I will never drink, I will never beat a woman, I will never harm anybody that way, and I I won't live this way. And it's caused me grief uh, many times, because if you're leaving your brothers and sisters behind, they don't understand why you're not there for them. And uh, I just tried not to think about it for the longest time. 
Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Joe Rice, President and CEO of Mid-Pacific Institute. So Joe, how did you actually end up in Hawaii? Well, that's an interesting story. Um, I guess I'd go back clear to my service in the Peace Corps in the early 70s, uh, first in Afghanistan for two years and then Micronesia in Saipan, Mariana Islands for two years and stayed for another six. So I I became familiar with island life, uh, Polynesian people, and it was in retrospect, some of the best times I've ever had. Um, but I returned to Washington State as a teacher and later as a principal of a school. I was working in uh, North Seattle, head of a uh, public school, pre-K through eighth grade. It was a magnet school program, um, multi-age, non-graded. Um, and over the 12 years that I was there, it became fairly well-known uh, for educational innovations, uh, showing that a public school can do anything that anybody else can do um, and that the unions won't stand in your way and all these things. But one day I just got a call from um, a colleague that I knew as a consultant, uh, and he called me up out of the blue and said, could we have breakfast? And I thought, okay, sure. Went to Denny's and uh, sat there for two two hours while he asked me about uh, teachers and education, curriculum, teaching strategies, and all this. And I found out that he was a new principal at Mid-Pacific Institute in Hawaii. So I put the two to two together and said, oh, he wants the you know, wisdom of my 12 years as a principal. And uh, as we're going to the parking lot and getting in the car, he says, oh, by the way, our uh, president's retiring. Are you interested? And I guess I found out then it was actually kind of a mini interview. I said, well, I'm not sure what a president does, but I'll talk to my family. And he says, well, if you if you are interested, I'd be happy to send you the materials. They did. I applied. Last of six to interview, and I was offered the job before I got on the plane back to Seattle. That's kind of how it came about. So what's been going on at MidPAC? I know that there's a lot of things happening, and maybe you can share some of the highlights of what's been going on. Well, I think I found when I first came that... Um, It was one of the best-kept secrets in Hawaii, Uh, a wonderful place with a long history of uh, service to uh, not only Hawaii but the people of the the South Pacific. And I just, um, I love the place. But you look at all the things you're doing, and of course you know that there is nothing that's perfect. I don't care what the school is or business or anything. There's always things you can do to improve. And one of the things that I spent time on was uh, looking at the educational process, what our teachers were doing, uh, 
what they had for uh, support and resources and to try to do something about that. We also looked at some of the structural things. Um, after I've been there now, this is my 10th year. About uh, four years in, we decided to add sixth grade. We were a seven through 12 um, college preparatory school. We added sixth and then proceeded on to uh, make the sixth, seventh, and eighth a middle school, following the best educational research in how to educate young adults, uh, young adolescents in a middle school uh, grouping. A um, couple years ago, I convinced the board that it would be in our best interest to uh, have an elementary, that if you take a look at some of the best schools in Hawaii, private I'm talking about, uh, you will see that they're K-12. I also made a strong case for very early childhood education, and so we added a preschool. So we decided we either build our own from grade by grade, which some schools are doing, we would go out and buy one, or we would go out and uh, affiliate ourselves closer with a uh, school. Uh, we ended up uh, merging with Epiphany uh, as our elementary. They were small, about 140-some kids. Uh, today, we're, and they were K through 6. Today, they're pre-K with 3- and 4-year-olds uh, through 5th grade, and they have 250 kids. So that has been added to the program. Uh, we've emphasized at the school our uh, belief in the importance of the arts. Uh, for every child. And it was always a big thing at Mid-Pacific. It's even more of a core to what we do. And then, um, certainly not finally, but on a bigger scene, uh, our commitment to math, science, and technology has moved ahead in a big way uh, in programs that we offer and also in facilities. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, sunshine in your mouth. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Joe Rice, President and CEO of Mid-Pacific Institute. He is a member of numerous educational organizations, Board of Trustees of Queen's Health Systems, Board Member and Treasurer of the Girl Scouts of Hawaii, Member of the Chamber of Commerce of Honolulu, and the Rotary Club of Honolulu Sunrise. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely, low banking. 
So, Joe, you're on the board for the Queen's Health Systems. Yes. Could you tell us how you're involved and what exactly you do? Um, well, that's good. What do I do? <laughs> um, since I'm not a healthcare professional, um, I don't know if I should say this, but I did have a serious uh, kidney problem. Um, and I went in uh, because I was throwing up constantly. And I went to emergency and uh, I had never seen such care given to a person. Uh, and through that finding out that I had an intestinal problem, I uh, found out that I had a big tumor on my kidney too. But they took care of me. And I was um, so pleased uh, that the in-depth uh, diagnosis they had done to check out everything about me and find this, that I felt like I would forever owe them. Uh, now, that was kind of the background. But Robert O'Sherrill, who was head of the Queen's Board at that time, uh, was moving off of the board. And he happens to be a um, graduate of Mid-Pacific Institute. And he knew a lot about me and the school. And he said, I think Joe would be a good person to bring a different perspective to the board. Um, and so he asked me if elected would I serve. And so he put forth my name, and I accepted uh, because I believe that one in the mission of Queens, but also that I owe them uh, for my life, and I would do anything for them. And this is one way I can give back. And the Rotary of Honolulu Sunrise. Well, you know, I knew nothing about Rotary. Uh, it was one. I have to give credit to my board of directors that uh, they wanted me to get out into the community as a, a new president of the school, and they knew that uh, you will see many of the people that make a difference in Hawaii, uh, business leaders of Hawaii, in Rotary. And that will also give you an opportunity to do things in the community to provide service to others. So they recommended I check it out. So one of our board members, Don Kim, uh, took me around. And I found the Rotary Club of Honolulu Sunrise, which was like coming home. Wonderful group of uh, all ages, uh, doing wonderful things. And so I joined. And it's been um, one of the more organized ways to provide service to your community uh, that I've been in with caring people that are dedicated to service above self. Are you able to give us an example of some of the service things that you folks have done together? Um, well, for the longest time, uh, we had a reading program. Uh, we actually started a oral reading program, Read to Me program that has now gone on to other states, started with our, uh, our uh, Rotary Club. But we provided reading uh, people to, to the kindergartners, first and second graders at Royal School every Monday faithfully. We did that for years. Um, and that took a lot of time for you know business leaders and CEOs to do that, but we uh, loved it. We have helped paint the streets, uh, clean schools, uh, other service organization, nonprofits that have very little money. We will go in there and help uh, paint or or repair, clean up. Uh, always looking for good projects. We are uh, right now supporting an orphanage of about 250 uh, children in Cambodia. Uh, and each, uh, most of the Rotary members of our club, there's about s close to 70. I'd say the greater majority of them have taken on a foster kid in Cambodia. Uh, I have one named Hooch, a 14-year-old boy. Uh, that's parents have been, um, you know, all, all things in uh, Cambodia haven't always been nice. And so many of these kids have lost their family. But our club has stepped up with other Rotarians 
uh, to act as foster parents of these kids. So that, that's an example. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.